Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Nehemiah this morning, Nehemiah chapter number 2, Nehemiah chapter number 2. I want you to listen very carefully uh, to the message this morning. Uh, I want every member to listen uh, very, very carefully uh, to what I say. I want my staff uh, to listen to the message this morning. Uh, it's very important uh, that we uh, capture what I believe the Scripture is teaching us. If you're visiting, and I know we have several uh, who have been visiting for some time, uh, this will give you a little more insight into the heart, uh, into my heart, into the heart of this church, and uh, I believe it will be a help to you. And so I will ask that you give me your attention this morning. I tend to be very transparent, and this might would be uh, considered, you know, say, but this isn't the typical Sunday morning message, but I believe it's an important one uh, for our church. And I'm going to be preaching a lot of messages um, uh, in this regard, not on the same subject, but to get us ready for what I feel God uh, has for us. And so, uh, Lord, put this on my heart. I want you to listen very carefully to me this morning. Nehemiah chapter number 2 and we're going to look at verse 17 and 18 to begin with. And we'll look at uh, several different places in the book of Nehemiah. Uh, but we'll begin by way of our text, Nehemiah chapter number 2, verse 17 and 18. Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more reproach. Now, you don't have to be the smartest person to look around our nation and say, our nation is in trouble. Uh, I'm thankful that we live in the state we live in. I'm thankful for the city that we live in. Uh, but it's in trouble as well. Politics is not the answer. Uh, Christ is the answer. Now, we can look around and we can put on social media how bad everything is, but that's not going to solve any problems at all. What's the answer? Look with me at verse number 18. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. You know what the answer is? Is building. Building buildings, Pastor? No, building a work for God. That is the answer for this world. That is the answer in our nation. That is the answer in our city, in our neighborhoods, in our homes, is to build. Many messages, I'm certain, have been preached from the book of Nehemiah on a church building, and certainly I've preached several of them. I'm going to look at this a little bit differently today, and I do want you to Give me your attention. I will be very transparent this morning. And I mentioned just a few moments ago about our goal for uh, next year doubling our attendance. And there's many other things that we're going to do. Say, well, Pastor, we didn't vote on that. Well, that's the message this morning. And I want us to get a heart for what God wants to do. I, I, we slander God. We slander God when we sit back and we say it can't be done again. We slander God when we look to men instead of His power and His Spirit to do a work. And this morning, I want you to know what's in my heart, and I want you to see what I feel is a scriptural responsibility for you and I today. As we look at verse 18, we'll get the title of our message. And they said, let us 
rise up and build. This morning, I'm going to preach on that subject, let us rise up and build. There's an emphasis on the us. They didn't say, Nehemiah, you build. They said, let us rise up and build. Father, I pray that you'd use the message today. I know that this is the exact message that you won't preach for this exact hour. I know there are many not here today because of the holiday travels. They're not here today because of sickness, but uh, I believe that uh, those that are here this morning, those that are watching by live stream, listening by radio, those that will watch this or listen to this later, I believe this is what we need for today. And Father, I pray that you work in the heart of your people. Those that are visiting today, I pray that they would be blessed by the services. May the Spirit of God meet their needs and work in their life today. If there's one unsaved, may they realize uh, the greatest work that can be done in their life is the work of salvation. And that comes through your Son. Father, bless the service today for us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We understand, if you've been in church or around the Bible any length of time, the story of Nehemiah and the importance of building, rebuilding the walls of the city of Jerusalem. The importance of that and the work that needed to be done. We know this story of Nehemiah and how God had impressed upon him to do so, but we look at this really well-known verse of Scripture in verse 18 where it says, Let us rise up and build. I want to draw your attention that the Scripture says, They said, Let us rise up and build. They said. I want to remind you, it takes a group of people to do a work for God. It's not fully reliant on the leadership, and it's not fully reliant on the people. It takes a group of people together to say, let's rise up and build. No great work for God has ever been done without an us. Let me just tell you this morning, no matter what role you think you feel or don't feel in the church, it takes us to do a work for God. I'm reminded of The book I wrote and the study I did some time ago on Paul's ministry companions. If you go back to Paul's ministry companions, Paul, that great apostle, didn't do the work that he did for God by himself. A careful study of the scripture reveals that there were, quote unquote, ordinary Christians who were part of the work that Paul did. Each church that was planted under the leadership of Paul, it was a group of people who said, let us Establish a church. Let us make a difference in our city. Let us follow the commands of God. Just as no great work for God has ever been done without an us, I would say this morning, no great work will ever be done without an us. There are a lot of cities today that are not being reached because there's not leadership that says, let us rise up and build. There's a lot of cities not being reached today because there's a people who will not say, let us rise up and build. Us is necessary. Us is satisfying. Us is enjoyable. There's something about God's people being together and doing a work for God together. That's something as the pastor in almost January, be 10 years that I've been privileged to be the pastor of this church. And that's one thing that I pray more than anything else is, Lord, let us do a work together. Let us be part of something special. Let us do something that would honor you. 
We focus on that word us, but I also want to focus on the word build. That word build, certainly in the context of our story, is speaking of building the walls. This morning, I want to use it in context of not necessarily speaking of physical buildings, although those are tools that are needed to build a work for God. But I'm speaking when I say of build this morning, speaking of building a church. Churches don't just happen. They're built. Of building marriages. Marriages don't just turn out. They're built. Homes are built. Lives are built. And I want to focus this morning on let us build a work for God. I'm going to be very transparent, and this is the regard of sometimes these messages are preached on a Sunday morning, but, but would be on a Sunday night or a, a special uh, a focus. But I, but I want you to know what's in the heart of your pastor. I want us to build a work for God. I'm less concerned what goes on with all the other churches in, 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 the, in the community or around the world, but God has put us together to do a work for God. If, if you've been visiting for some time, this is, I believe, that God brings us together to do a work for God. I'm not interested in just filling out my days until Jesus calls me home. I want us to do a work for God. And by the way, if it's not us, who's it going to be? Don't take this as a criticism, but even in our own city, there's not many, if I know of any, who's trying to press forward and do, build a work for God. I'm not interested in outside of what God is doing with us, but I want us to do a work for God. There's some necessary things to understand when building a work. I think if we voted this morning, we might would have a unanimous vote on, I, we think it's a good thing to build a work for God. But just because we think it's a good idea doesn't mean it happens. Just we think it's a positive thing doesn't mean it happens. God gives us insight from the book of Nehemiah, and I want you to pay careful attention to me this morning, if you will. Let me say statement number one. God gives the burden to a man, and then the man determines to do the work. Look in chapter number one, verse number three. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Nehemiah is the king's cupbearer. And he gets this report. Verse 4, And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Let's be very, careful, very, very, very clear here. Nehemiah wasn't the only one that heard that report. Others heard that report, but it burdened Nehemiah. He wept over it. He prayed over it. He fasted over it. To the point where the king let him go back. And we look in, the, in chapter number 2 and verse number 11. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. And I rose in the night. And I, and I and some few men with me. Neither told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me save the beast that I rode upon. And I went out by night by the gate of the valley. Even before the dragon well unto the dung port. And viewed the walls of Jerusalem which were broken down. And the gates thereof were consumed with fire. Then I went on to the gate of the fountain and to the king's pool, and there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. Then went I up in the night by the brook and viewed the wall and turned back and entered by the gate of the valley and so returned. Before the walls were ever rebuilt, God gave the burden to a man. Amen. 
God gave the burden to a man, and that man determined to do the work. It, the work never would have been done if God had not given the burden to the man. Quite frankly, one thing that has hurt our churches and hurt the cause of Christ is because we think that God needs to give everybody the same burden. That's not how God does it. God gives the burden to a man, and that man determines how to do it and, and, and to do the work of God. Let me further illustrate. Nehemiah was given the burden by God, not by man. He was given the burden by God. He was just a cupbearer. Why did he get the burden? Because God gave it to him. Can you explain why God chose the cupbearer? No. But I can just tell you that God chose a cupbearer. He gave that burden to a man. And let me say this morning, God still chooses to give his burden to a man. God gives a burden to a pastor, somebody who has a desire to build a work for God. If you're not familiar with a, a, a church at all or a pastor-led church, what the Bible says about church or any dealings with a pastor, a pastor is a simple but complicated man. He's asked to do the possible but the impossible at the same time. The Bible teaches that God intends the pastor to be a preacher of his word. That is a great responsibility your pastor has is to preach the word of God. There might be Bible principles in Andy Griffith, but I'm not going to teach you Andy Griffith. I'll just go straight to the source, to the word of God. And I commit to you, and for 10 years, by the best of my ability, with God's my helper, I have preached to you the word of God. That's the pastor's responsibility. But the pastor has a greater responsibility. He has additional, let me say it like this, additional responsibilities than just preaching the word of God. He's to be a shepherd. He's to be the one to lead and guide God's sheep. They, through, there's many ways through counsel and through his teaching and in being there in the dark times and being there in the good times and that person of support and that friend. And whether, whether we, you've been a member here for a day or for 30 years, you have a friend in your pastor because God intends for him to be the shepherd. He's not only those things, but he's to be an intercessor. What I mean by that is through prayer. Your pastor prays for you. The pastor is to pray for you. I'll use it as an illustration, and she likes the attention, but it was four minutes before midnight when Jimmy called me on Thursday night. That rescue had come to get Yvonne because she was suffering a heart attack. And from 1156... To 127, your pastor prayed. And thankfully, the Lord chose fit to intercede. He's to be an intercessor. And I think people today want somebody to preach the word of God to them. I mean, there's people on the internet that will lie to you. The news will lie to you. The politicians will lie to you. Uh, educators will lie to you. So, I believe people today want somebody to stand up and say, this is what God has said. You may like it. You may not like it. But it's the truth 
I believe people today want somebody to preach them the Word of God. I believe people want a shepherd. They want somebody who they can call in those dark times. And somebody can say, Pastor, I need a little guidance in this, in this regard. I believe people want an intercessor. I've never had anybody turn down prayer. I've never shot out a text and said, hey, I just want you to know I'm praying for you today while you go to the doctor and get it back. Please do not pray for me. I tell people that I know don't like me. Hey, I'm praying for you. Well, don't talk to me, but I'll take your prayers. It just makes sense that we want our pastor to be somebody who's an intercessor, somebody who will go on their behalf to God, who who will pray for them in those dark times. But I would say that a pastor is also supposed to be a builder. I believe my call encompasses all of those things. And I would say that while many or most will want a preacher of the Word of God, they want somebody to tell them the truth, and many want a shepherd, and many want that person to pray for them, I'm afraid sometimes where there's a disconnect among God's people is they're not as concerned about the pastor being a builder. Because building involves us. Preaching involves the pastor. You study. Man, I'm thankful we got a pastor that that studies for, for hour after hour after hour. Yeah, that's the pastor. You shepherd. You figure out your schedule, how to shepherd all these people. Matter of fact, you pray. I want you to pray. Hey, it doesn't, hey, I'll wake you up, and I want you to. But I, I, you pray. I want you to do that. That's you. But building involves us. And I'll commit to you, as I've committed to you before, I'll commit to you that I'll, I will preach the word of God to you. I'll commit to you as the pastor of the Emmanuel Baptist Church, I will be your shepherd. I will commit to you that as the pastor of this church and your pastor, I will pray for you. But I'm also going to commit to you that I'm going to do what God has put in my heart, and God has put in my heart to that to be a builder. And I'm not just talking about building buildings, although those things are necessary, but building a work for God, building something for God, and that is what God does. He gives the burden to a man. Well, Pastor, how are we going to go about this? I don't know. All I can do is tell you what God's burdened me about. Well, nobody, I don't know anybody that God's ever burdened that about. Take that up with God. All I can tell you is what God has brought into my life, what God has put in my heart, what God has allowed me to see. And before I bring it to you and say, boy, the condition of our world is like this. The condition of our city is like this. The condition of our homes is like this. This is what God has burdened me about. Well, don't you think we ought to vote on that? You can vote on it. But God's put it in my heart to do it. And by the way, let me just throw this in here in case you're wondering, well, should you get in or, or stay in or whatever? I will, I will commit to you that I'll preach you the Word of God. I'll shepherd, I'll pray, but I'm going to build. And I'll never, with God as my helper, I'll never leave as your pastor because somebody offers me more money. I'll never leave in difficult times. 
But there's ever a time where this church says, it's not us, I'm gone. You say, why would you say that? Because God wants something built for him. It involves us. God gives the burden to a man, then the man determines to do the work. Well, if we're having a difficult time with this, we're just going to get worse. Number two, Nehemiah could not do it by himself, nor was he supposed to do it by himself. I love this. Get your Bible, Nehemiah chapter number three. If this don't help you, you just have to forgive me. I'm going to, get, I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy this for a minute. I said number one, God gives the burden to a man. And then the man determines to do the work. Number two, Nehemiah could not do it by himself, nor was he supposed to. Forgive me for a minute. I'm the kind of person who likes to do things. But there are some things that God wants done I can't do by myself. You know why? I'm not supposed to. Watch Nehemiah chapter number three. We've already seen in chapter two that we see the distress all Nehemiah did was say, hey, did y'all, not, did y'all not see everything that's going on? How bad it is? And then they said, you know what? Nehemiah, you're right. Let us rise up and build. Now go do it. That's not how that worked. Let us rise up and build. Notice chapter number 3, verse 1. Then Elishib the high priest rose up with his brethren, the priests, and they built it. Do you see that? Verse number 2. And next unto him builded the men of Jericho, and next to them builded Zachar the son of Imri. Uh, verse 3, this, did the sons of Hassanah build? Verse 4, and next unto them. Verse 5, and next unto them. Verse 7, and next unto them. Verse 8, and next unto them. Verse 9, and next unto them. And verse 10, and next unto them. Verse 12, and next unto them repaired Shalom. Uh, in verse 16, and after him repaired Nehemiah, the son of Azbuk. 17, after him. Verse 18, after him. Verse 19, and next to him. Verse 20, after him. Verse 21, after him. Verse 22, after him. Verse 23, after him. Verse 24, after him. Verse 27, after them. Verse 29, after them. Verse 30, after him. Verse 31, after him. Nehemiah could not do it all by himself, nor was he supposed to do it by himself. That's the wonderful thing about the work of God. Anybody can carry a brick. Well, there's just no place for me. I, I, I'm not in it. Anybody can carry a brick. What a wonderful testimony of God's people and God's work. Okay, you got that section. I'll be next to you building this section. Building this section. I'm sure that this morning, while you're enjoying this wonderful preaching this morning, there are some over there in the nursery, keeping the nursery. You know what they're doing? They're filling their part of the wall. There were ushers who were, who were serving around. What are they doing? They're doing their part of the work. There are many who do, are doing things as we meet right now. What is it? It's a work that has to get done. Nehemiah couldn't do it. Churches that die sit around and wait for the leadership to do everything. A nation that crumbles is when God's people sit back and say, somebody ought to do something about this. 
Somebody, somebody ought to take a stand. Somebody ought to do something. The burden was too big for Nehemiah. Put yourself in Nehemiah's shoes for a moment. He goes and he looks at that city and the destruction. And he knows what God has put in his heart to build, rebuild those walls. And I'm sure he stood there scratching his head. I'm not going to live long enough to rebuild this. It's too big for me. Let me tell you something. As you drive in and out of our city and you understand that where God has put us literally at the crossroads of several counties and you drive and you see the construction and you see the the, the population that's growing, I don't look at it and complain about the traffic. There's families here that God intends for us to reach. There are, there are neglected children behind those doors that, that they need to know the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. They need, they need, they need a light of Christ. To, you know what healed that marriage as mom and dad are fighting with one another? It's the Word of God. It's God Himself that would, that would heal that marriage and give some hope. Well, you drive up and down the streets of our city. I'll just be honest with you. I feel the responsibility as the pastor of the Emmanuel Baptist Church for every soul that lives behind every door. It's too big for me. I'm afraid what happens many times in in, in good churches is it's too big of a burden for the pastor, so therefore he doesn't try and see it accomplished. Or he never gets in us. To do the work with him. Honestly, there's many times I bring a burden to ministry and say, this is what I feel. And I I scratch my head and say, I wonder if they're going to get it. I wonder if they're going to understand it. I wonder if they're going to see it. But it couldn't be done by just Nehemiah. But he wasn't supposed to do it by himself. He was to cast the vision, but it took everyone to fulfill the vision. This is a wonderful, wonderful... If you ever feel discouraged about what God has for you, just go to Nehemiah chapter 3. Say, I just need me to find me a part portion of the wall. Well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have the qualifications, okay? Carry the bricks to the wall. I've never done this kind of work before. Make the bricks... Or, or, well, I just don't, I just don't know how you, you hold that right there. Can you do that? Or just do this. Don't, don't drop a brick. We all have something that we can do. He was to cast a vision, but it took everyone to fulfill the vision. Once Nehemiah shared the burden, don't miss this, it became their responsibility as well. I believe this with my whole heart. If God puts a burden in the heart of your pastor to plant churches in Africa, it's your burden too. If God puts in, the bur- puts in the heart a burden to reach the next generation through our schools, it's your burden too. If God puts in the heart of your pastor to help hurting Christians, it's your burden too. Because that is the way that God has always done it. When Nehemiah shared the burden, it became their responsibility as well. 
I mentioned to you this morning, I feel that it's our a goal for us to try and reach is to double attendance next year. I've said it, this is the third time now, and the first two times were just kind of as a, just a little, hey, by the way, where are they going to fit? Make that my problem. And we'll go to God and say, God, you got to do something. Say, well, Pastor, I hope you can do it. No, 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 no. This is us. This is us. We might get crowded again. Yeah, you might. We want to reach the next generation. It's us. Nehemiah could not do it by himself, nor was he supposed to do it. By the way, if God brought you to this church, let me help you. He knew who the pastor was. He knew what he put in my heart. He knew. He knows what he wants us to do together. And we have many who've been, who've, been, who've, been, who've been here for some time and many visiting for some time and some are visiting for the first time. I want you to know from the heart of this pastor, I want to do what it is that God has, has, has carved out for this church to do. I want to do it for His honor, for His glory, reach as many people as possible. I say to the staff, you're here to help the pastor fulfill his burden because he can't do it himself. And let me help some of you who are having a hard time with the Stanley's leaving. Someone said, well, can't you do something? I mean, I can kidnap them. That's, that's, that's about it. You know, but I, I like coming and going as I please. Just as a side note, Nehemiah was burdened and the king saw the change in Nehemiah. And when Nehemiah expressed the burden to the king, the king says, well, I've noticed the change you've got to go do. So, we don't care about you anymore. You're not here to help us with our burden. No, he's got to go do what it is that God has for him to do. Now, I don't know if he knows where it is yet, but he will know when he sees it. So, that might help some. After 33 years, why would they leave? Because it's obvious God's put a burden. Now, say that as a side note because the rest of you guys... God's brought you here to help me fulfill my burden. And some of you, I hope you get it because you keep leaving and God keeps dragging you back. I mean, you went to Ohio for nine years and yet here you are. You ran to Canada and here you are. You won't take the hint. You just won't leave. You went to Alabama. You made it across town. Now what God puts, now these are, I, I treat these like they're men of God in their own right because they are. But I know this, who God brings here to help me fulfill my burden. So if God puts a burden in their heart, it's going to line up with mine. Nehemiah couldn't do it by himself. 
but he wasn't supposed to. I want to reach our city for Christ. I can't do it by myself. But I'm not supposed to. You may work in a place and say, Pastor, we, we need the gospel here. We need a light here. That's why God put you there. Boy, I see all these kids running around our neighborhood. I see all these families. They need some. That's why God put you there. Well, we, we need more help around here. And we do. In the very near future, I'm going to let you know how much help we need and what it's going to take. It's going to take us to determine to build a work for God. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in being the most popular church in town. I'm not interested in being the most mainstream. I want to be a church that honors God and a church that says, let us rise up and build. Let us do something for the cause of Christ. Let us build something that this world can see and say, God did that. But in order for it to take place, there's got to be a sacrifice by the people. Let me help with something else. This is like a Sunday night service slash revival slash come to Jesus in some respects. But it's not what I always wanted to do. I wonder when the men of Jericho and the Zachar, the son of Imri, and Hassanah decided to build and Merimoth, the son of Urijah, the son of Kaz, and next unto them, Meshulam, the son of Barakai. I wonder when they said, let's get on the wall, I wonder if they even considered what they had always wanted to do. Or they considered this is the work that needs to be done. I said statement number one, I'll repeat it because it's been a while since I've said it. God gives the burden to a man and the man determines to do the work. Statement number two, Nehemiah could not do it by himself, nor was he supposed to do it by himself. By the way, let me just, let me just say, I preach this message because I'm, I'm weary of God's people in retreat. Well, and by the way, this is why your pastor doesn't associate with a lot of things because builders like to run with builders. Not with people giving you excuses of why it can't be done. And mom and dad, you can still rear your children to the honor and glory of God in this day we live in. It can be done. You can have a marriage that honors God. It can be done. There can still be a church that believes in the word of God and holiness and, 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 and being a witness to this world. It can be done. Number three, future generations need us to build. Nehemiah chapter number 6, in verse number 15. I am aware of the time, and I, 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 will, I will not... Well, I'm just letting you know I'm aware of it. <laughs> Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15. So the wall was finished. So what they started was finished. Notice in verse... What happened then? Notice in verse number, or chapter number 8... In verse number 4, chapter 8, verse number 4, And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood, which they had made for the purpose, and beside him stood 
Mattai, and Shemai, and Anai, and Urijah, and Hilkai, and Masai, on his right hand, on his left hand, Pedai, and Mishael, and Malchai, and Hashem, and Hashbanana, and Zechariah, and Meshulam. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Because of Nehemiah's burden, and because of him determining to do something about his burden, and, upon the, and, and because of the time when he shared his burden, and the people saying, let us do this, Nehemiah, the work got done in a generation that had never seen the Word of God, heard the Word of God, heard it. There are consequences to no us. There are consequences to when God puts a group of people together and say, well, we just can't all be in agreement on what we're supposed to do. There are consequences to that. Future generations need us to build. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you may have children and little babies in that nursery over there, or God may not have given you a child yet. Those children that are in that nursery need mom and dad to say, we need to do something. We need to build. And by the way, your children may be reared, but your grandchildren need it. Your great-grandchildren need it. Uh, how long till America completely crumbles? And there is no word of God. There is no freedom to read this book. You can't even find the word of God. You say, well, that could never happen in America. America, uh, let's review the last two years. And there's been a list of things that could never happen in America that have happened in America. We're closer than you think. The future generation needs somebody to rise up and say, if God has given our pastor a burden, let us fulfill that. Let us reach our city. Let us reach our neighborhood. Let us reach our communities because future generations need to hear the word of God that's never heard it. Hear that now and another how precious that is to them. And oh, that would stir us and should stir us to be involved in missions. But I would dare say if you took a Bible to the average home in America, that those little children would be holding it in their hands for the first time. I wonder how many in Jacksonville, Florida, in Duval County, in Clay County. Wonder how many they can't get it, they can't even take it to the school. In the average church, they're entertained and not given the Word of God. I wonder how many children could say they've ever heard the Word of God. How many could say they've ever held the Word of God in our own city? Future generations need us to say, let us rise up and see the burden fulfilled that God has placed on us. Future generations need us to build. Number four, and finally, it takes boldness to build. There's an old saying, I have no idea where it originated. If it was easy, everybody'd be doing it. Nehemiah was a cupbearer. But if we could bottle up his boldness and inject it into the average Christian, we'd have worldwide revival. It takes boldness to build. 
It takes boldness for a leader to share his burden. You know how many times I second-guess myself, say, oh, Lord, do you want me to tell them about the burden? Are they going to get it? Are they going to think I'm crazy? Are they going to run me out? It takes boldness to say, this is what God has impressed upon my heart. This is what we're supposed to do. It takes boldness for a people to follow and see it fulfilled. It takes boldness in the face of opposition. We haven't touched on it this morning because we, we don't have time. But the moment Nehemiah shared his burden, the devil came after him. The moment the people said, I mean, you, you, you look at it, the very next verse of Scripture after our text we read this morning, the enemies came out and started opposing them. They, they, they mocked them, they scorned them, they organized against them. What did they do? They had a trial in one hand and a sword in the other, and they said, we're going to do the work that God has given us to do. It took boldness. It takes boldness, Christian, to go against the narrative, against this woke movement, against this anti-justice, anti-God, anti-decency movement that there is today and say, as a child of God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a part of something that is a solution. I want to leave something behind for the next generation. I want to get on board and build a work for God. And I believe that God still can raise up a group of people. He can still bring revival to his city. But he's going to do it through an us. I thought how many churches you could walk into this morning and hear this kind of message. I started going through the list in my mind. I was done in just a moment. This is not being critical. This is not, but it just takes boldness to say, let's rise up and build. And friend, if you're looking for a church where you can just sit back and just, and just people pat me on the back, and I will, I will preach the word of God to you. I will, I, will, I will shepherd you. If you call me at 11.56 at night because you need the prayers of your pastor, I will pray for you. But friend, week in and week out, I'm going to do what God has put in my heart and say, let's do something for God. There's some walls that need to be rebuilt. There's some people that need to be reached. There's churches that need to be established. There's homes that God needs to put back together. And I want him to use us, and I'm not going to sit back and let, and let the, the, the feast on, on, the, on, the, on the goodness of our nation and the blessings that God's bestowed upon us and not do something to build for another generation. It takes boldness. If you're going to climb up on that wall, Christian, it takes boldness to do that. And I have, I have God's given me good friends and through time, God reveals who your friends are and who they aren't. But quite frankly, I'd rather hang out with you than a preacher's fellowship. I have to buy lunch for them. You'll buy mine. Sometimes. But I find I have more in common with you than I do them. It's no mistake. I have it hidden from you. The big, they're called dreams. They're called plans. But it's a burden. If I had 
a dollar for every time one of their brethren is like, brother, I'm for you. If they tell me that, I know what's coming. But you need to be a little more realistic. Oh, I forgot. God can't do it anymore. We have to do something. God has put us here to do a work for Him. God has put us here to build a monument to Him. And for all of us, all of us, we need to get ready. We need to be prepared for what God has for us. But let me go to invitation like this. It's time for some to get all the way in and say, Pastor, I want to be part of this us. It's time for some to say, I might not can do what I used to could do, Pastor, but if you need a load of bricks carried, I'll bring them to the wall. Pastor, I, I've got my strength. I've got, I've got some time. I've got some priority. I, I, can, I can make this some priority. I'll stand. I'll organize it. I'll, 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 I'll let you know from this section to this section, we're going to stand in that gap and we're going to build that wall. Because God has burdened you to build the walls and God has burdened me and my family to build this section. So in doing so, the wall gets built. That's why I want you to understand this morning, I know this isn't your typical Sunday morning service, but I want you to understand that everything we do is important. So I don't understand why pastor just got me doing this or pastor just got me doing this because it's part of everything that God is putting together. And there was no place... You don't find it, somebody at the fish gate saying, you know, well, you know, I, I just didn't want to be here. Or dare I say it, those responsible for the dung gate? Well, I, guess, I guess if I tithe as much as they do, they wouldn't put me at this gate. Well, somebody's got to build that part of the wall. Let's let the Lord speak to our hearts this morning. It's important that we're reminded that it takes an us. It takes an us. Hey, Pastor, I just don't... That's a big task for us to undertake. But God could have put us at a place in time where he said, the enemy's destroyed that city. Rebuild it. You mean that big? But those people were special. The king cupbearer. And God's people who just grabbed a hold of a burden. And in spite of what the devil says, in spite of what the enemy says, let's just build it. Pastor, I wish I had the faith you have. You think everybody who started that wall, I guarantee there were some saying, well, we'll get a day and a half out of this. And they're going to come shut it down. OSHA's coming. Inspectors wanting to see the permit. Now, all these things are going to take place. And lo and behold, day one went by, day two went by, day three. Until when it was all said and done, said and done, they built that pulpit of wood. Ezra, and we'll preach from Ezra tonight. 
He got out the Word of God and he read it. And for a lot of those people that were there, the majority, all those people that were there, that's the first time they'd ever seen that. They hadn't heard it read before. I'm convinced if we will get a hold of what God wants us to do, there'll be people who've never heard the Word of God who will hear it. People who've never seen what God will do in their homes and their marriages and their lives, they'll experience it. But when those people shouted and they worshiped and they celebrated that day, there were a lot of people in that crowd with bloody knuckles, aching backs, personal dreams unfulfilled. But what they all had in common was look at what God did. I wonder, of all those people that were there, I wonder if there was ever a, a dad. You know how dads like to brag. Come here, son. Get your kids. I want them to see this. See this brick? I put that there. See this one? I put it there. I put it there. I put it there. And while people enjoy the security on the other side, for somebody who had to say, I'll carry the bricks. I'll lay them. I'll fight the devil's cry while I do it so that others can enjoy what God has done. Father, I pray this morning.